Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time. You and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Today, we are super excited about our guest, Rose Abdu. You know her as Josefina from Hacks, and she has a million other projects that are coming out here very soon. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yes. Well, let's talk about this. You have been quite busy. You have a lot going on. Uh, and, of course, Hacks. Uh, we just wrapped that up. And of course, you have a lot of other great projects talking about. Let's get into this. Um, you know, this show in particular has just been so amazingly popular and hilarious and just so many great things. Let's talk about it. How did that project hacks sort of come about for you and what interested you in becoming a part of that? Well, I got the script about the March, I call it March before the whole world changed. <laughs> so I think the audition was March 4th. And I remember uh, uh, several people at my agency were saying, I don't know if you're going to be interested in this because it's, uh, I was trying to get away from playing maybe another Latina housekeeper. And I took a look at that pilot and thought I've never read a better pilot. I mean, I've been auditioning for shows how many years now, since 93. And I had never read a pilot that made me so interested in to see what was going to happen next. And I found the Josefina character when I got to talk to the producers after I made my audition tape. I said, I see her as sort of a house manager, as sort of a, I made a Downton Abbey reference, actually. I said, she's like Carson, who runs the house. You know, she's, she's more than just you know, just your run of the mill, like worker for dance. And they agreed with me and they were so open to hearing my ideas and stuff. And I thought I have since read that they have kind of mapped out where they want Hex to go, I think for the next couple of seasons. And uh, I knew that if I got involved with them and hung in there, that we could start to see more about her life than was just in the initial, initial uh, season one. So I really, I just love, I loved the characters in the pilot. I love the idea of the relationship between, you know, this young comic and, and uh, older comedian. And it just, it just thrilled me. And I was so delighted when they offered it to me, but I think it was March, it was March 4th and then everything changed. And I didn't, we didn't start filming until that November. Okay. So we did that whole first season. I have to say this, I've been saying this 
when a couple of people ask me about it, that I'm so proud of the whole cast and crew for doing that before the vaccine was ever even invented. I mean, we were making this show. So for the first time I'm working with people, we can't really get to know each other. Everyone's in a mask. You had to sit six feet apart. It's a very different way to work. So the fact that that was so well received after that first season was so gratifying to everybody because it felt strange. I mean, it was just a different, a different way to film something and we we're so proud of it. And then it was just a gas to make the second season because by then we were like, people love it. You know, I think more people, they, I think someone was saying that HBO said that people wait until there's two seasons of something before they'll binge it. You know, they want to get, they want something bingeable more than eight. So I think more people have found the show this year than um, streamed it the first season, I think. That makes sense. Netflix has ruined us and Hulu a little yeah. bit too. Uh, because, you know, you can go on there and watch an entire season of something or two seasons, depending right. on when you find out about a show. But I think this one in particular, to me, seems like art imitating life quite a bit. Like this is something that could be or could exist out in the universe. Uh, and you all just do such a great job. And when the first season ended, you know, we always are waiting around to find out, are we going to get another season? What's going to happen with all these great characters? And that's great to hear a little bit of a teaser there that they kind of have an idea of where they want to take the show. Um, yeah. And hats off too, just sort of doing all this when everything was sort of a, the wild, wild west a little bit. Yes. And, you know, kind of being one of the first shows to figure this out, because I know for a while people thought, you know, is this is what's going to happen with entertainment? You know, we have right. no idea. But you guys did it and you just absolutely murdered it. It's so good. I mean, I love comedy anyway and comedians and the whole idea and the premise of this show just makes perfect sense. And yes, I get the Downton Abbey reference with your character because <laughs> she's not just, you know, the housemaid. She actually kind of holds everything together and sort of keeps everybody's life on track. I think that's a fair assumption. Well, thank you. I, I really enjoy it so much. And there are little clues to that where you see, you know, well, she sits on her bed when they sort clothes, you know, that's a very personal, intimate thing. And the way that Josefina is always asking Deborah, if she can get her something, you know, even, even when I offer her an edible, like it's just, we have a very different relationship and I absolutely, Jean Smart is just the absolute best person to work with. She's incredible. Very just, oh, the whole cast is just really a joy to be around and I don't get to see them that much, but I am thrilled that we are picked up for season three. And I heard, I believe we start that this November. So the wow. last two years started November 30th. It's an amazing thing that they put together the whole second season really within it was such a short period of time when it was premiering, you know, uh, it, they were kind of miracle workers. I think it's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say so. Is it, that, does that shoot in LA or do you film on location? Well, in LA. And then when they went on the road, they did go on the road. So okay. I was concerned because I was like, wait, they're leaving on tour. Where does that leave Josefina? So I thought, Oh, wait, she can call in from the iPad or, you know, it was really fun for me when, I found out that, oh, Deborah Vance has a mansion in L.A. too. That Josefina can just hop a plane from Vegas to L.A. and be there. You know, I was like, just you always want to look out for wait. How is my character going to be involved if she's touring? So I was thrilled that season two ended with I think she's going to either get a residency or I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't wait to find out. But I'm, I'm hoping that I'm in. Uh, I heard a rumor I might be in a few more of them. So that's great. That well, I hope so, because your character is amazing. And you, you have just done so many amazing different projects over your lifetime of your career. 
Um, what interested you in becoming an actor or a storyteller? Where did that journey begin for you? You know, Brett, I always say my interest in doing this stemmed from my disinterest in waiting in line because I went to Michigan State. I had always thought that I would be, you know, I was one of the kids in school. In high school, we had a very, very good theater department. Like they put a lot of money into the productions. And of course I did all the plays, but it just didn't seem like that's not a career. And we also had an incredible um, radio station in my school, WSHJ. And I used to do the headlines. So I always imagined, well, I'm going to be a foreign correspondent. And I didn't really know anything about that except I wanted to have a microphone and a trench coat and be standing in front of very exotic locations. And I wanted to be an important reporter. So of course I go to Michigan State and I think, well, I'm gonna study telecommunications. Well, at the time it's a 46,000 person school. Wow. And the registration, <clears throat> excuse me, was in the racquetball court. So you would line up and go to the racquetball court and get these, you know, those uh, punch cards that look like the voting, the old voting hanging chads and stand in line. So you'd have to snake around. The line was three and a half hours long. You'd go up to the different departments in the racquetball court and ask for these courses that were in these wooden boxes. It sounds so antiquated now. I'm not that old, but it was 1980. So there you go. And you'd pick the thing. Well, anyway, the lines for all of the requirements for a telecommunications degree were so long that I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to go to lunch with my friends. This is ridiculous. I, how am I going to get all these classes? The theater table had nobody. There were three people in line. So I just like, all right, let me. I kept getting more and more and more theater. And finally, I was dominating all the shows in the theater department. I did 25 shows with Performing Arts Company during the time I was there. And I was very encouraged by the professors like, no, you need to pursue. This is really something you could pursue. Then at the time I met a guy. Well, I had known him for years and he said, you should go to Second City. I said, what is that? He starts naming the people that had studied at Second City and said, you know, women there aren't a lot of women doing it. I think you'd really love it. I did not know how to drive, even though I was from Detroit. And I thought I'm going to move to Chicago. You don't need a car there. And there's this place called Second City. So I auditioned for Second City and the rest is sort of, it just sort of snowballed. I started touring. My first touring company was Chris Farley, Steve Colbert, you know, um, Ian Gomez, Amy Sedaris. We, it was really an incredible time to be at Second City. And that's how it start, it all started. Yeah, I was talking to Matt Walsh a while ago, and he was talking about how he sort of had the same similar experience. You know, he kind of dipped his toes in to stand up, but really the Upright Citizens Brigade yeah. and Second City was really where kind of things connected for him. So you are doing this and you're making appearances on TV shows and doing these roles. Where was kind of the aha moment for you where you kind of I don't know. Maybe you still are going. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next, even though you're quite busy. Uh, was it one of these other shows, maybe like Gilmore Girls or something where you kind of like knew, OK, I can really do this like full time? That's such an interesting question. I, I think I call my career kind of backwards because most people start by small role, small role, co-star, co-star, then guest star, guest star, then series regular. I was doing a play and very, very happy living in Chicago. I had worked at Second City. I did two shows there. I really loved it. And I got nominated for what we call it the Jeff Award, which is like a Tony Award of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, I was doing that. And I was so happy to be in a Neil Simon play. And I get this call that some VHS tape I made was seen by Robert Zemeckis. And I'm going to fly to L.A. and be in eight episodes of a TV show called Johnny Bago with, with Peter Dobson. And it was Bob Zemeckis directed it that we did eight episodes for CBS. So I got a series regular when I had never even been on television before. Wow. So that people doesn't were like, happen a lot. 
it does not happen. So, you know, it was, it wasn't watched by that many people, but at the time there was really nothing on, we got a 12 share, I think, which today would be a huge hit, but um, then it was not considered a hit, but I did it. And then I just didn't want to live in LA, but I think when I got cast in that show, I realized, wait a minute, I, I think I could, I think I could do because it seemed like I always say to my friend that sometimes auditioning for things is like blindfold yourself, take a handful of marbles and then turn around and throw them over your shoulder and hope that one goes through a hole in a stone wall that's 80 feet away. Like, that's what it feels like sometimes when you're auditioning, you're just like, this is this is going to drop off a cliff. No one's going to see this. Yeah. But, but the fact that I did made me think, oh, now I say to people, I think I'm addicted to the, the gamble. Like it's a gambling addiction, really making these tapes and hoping someone sees it and hires you. And, you know, it has, it has paid off very nicely. And, but it's, uh, I still sometimes think like, well, I have to figure out something to do, <laughs> even though I'm doing it all the time. That's I have to figure funny. out something real to do because it's so fun. My father told me a long time ago, you know, it's a classic saying, if you work it out that you enjoy what you do, you'll feel like you never work a day in your life. Yeah. If you, you know, find something you love. And I think I, I've done that. Well, you've certainly struck gold. I've also been told it's like going to a job interview, but then never hearing back if you got the job or not. You just don't know. Uh, fantastic. Well, as we wrap here, I want to talk about this great new show. I don't know how much we can talk about, but I've been reading about this and I saw a trailer for it. Reboot, uh, ah. which has to be one of the most ironic shows uh, for people that don't know, it's basically about a sitcom family that sort of comes back together decades later and tries to <laughs> assimilate the same kind of thing, uh, which it's, again, I feel like art imitating life a little bit because yeah. we're in an age of reboots. Uh, let's talk about that. How fun was that for you? And what can people so expect? Much fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun. I was a huge Modern Family fan. So Steve Levitan created the show Reboot yeah. and Rachel Bloom is in it. And um, from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Paul Reiser, who I've loved. I've loved Paul Reiser since Diner. I mean, I loved Mad About You, but it was like, he's just one of my favorite. And the fact that I got to play a writer in the writer's room with Paul Reiser was incredible to me. And that was really, I think that doing Selma, that's my name in Reboot, I've done five of them, five of the eight that are going to premiere September 20th on Hulu. I think it's one of my favorite characters I've ever played, for sure. Wow. And I really just, it's just a gas. I mean, it's really a funny show. Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, Judy Greer. It's really just so much fun. And um, I'm not in the trailer, which I thought was funny because... I said, it'll be like a secret when I show up. I haven't told that many people that I'm going to do it, but I, I, I'm so excited for people. I, I did post and say, please get Hulu if you don't already have it, because you're not going to want to miss this. No, absolutely not. Well, fantastic. If you haven't seen Hacks, please do. I mean, just watch it because it's such an amazing show and so smartly written and just so well done. And of course, Reboot coming up here in the coming weeks. Uh, and I know you have a lot of other things that you're working on too. So uh very exciting. We we won't spoil it, but you're going to be making maybe some appearances and maybe some other things that you've done yeah. uh, in, in the universe of something. We'll leave it there. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure thank chatting you with you. Much. It's so nice to talk to you, Brad. Thank you. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A mega proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>